0: Asked someone to do communion. I don't think the normal reaction is terror because I was just absolutely terrified when he asked me, <laughs> and I'm sort of still terrified in the moment. But, um, uh, like I know that most of you, I mean, we might not know each other, I might not have met you before, and everyone sort of knows me as the dancer, and you know, that's what I do for a living, is I perform on stage. So, um, immediately my first reaction was, um, the reason why I felt terror was because every time someone came up here and talked about communion or talked about this story, they were, they, were, they, were, they were them. They weren't playing a role. They weren't being someone else. They were, they were just being them. So that was probably why I was terrified because I'm used to kind of being something else. Um, and especially Steve talking about identity last week, just kind of, you know, last week really hit me. And I realised that if I was to talk about come into communion, I would have to be true and be myself. So this is me. This is Alex. That's not the dancer um, and not the guy on stage. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit. I I actually went, despite kind of knowing that I had to be myself, um, I still went down the path of preparation like it was an audition. So I, um, you know, so I researched and and I typed into Google like communion message and then I read some, and I went, oh. Then I then I type into Google, good communion message. <laughs> <laughs> and then I type, you know, and so I, I'm researching it, and I kind of prepared and looked up all the scriptures, and and basically my my kind of, I didn't realise I did this until later, but my identity was going to be that I was actually just going to shout scriptures at people and hope that somewhere along the way God would like talk to you through the scriptures that I'm reading to you and I wouldn't have to actually talk. So um, so I prepared something and um, I'm a bit of a sceptic uh, with people that say this. I was. So this, what I'm going to talk about today has actually come from humility because I used to think that those people who said, oh, you know, you know i this this story came this came to me this morning and it actually did so i wrote i wrote down the time because i was i was writing it on my computer when i started and it was 3:49 a.m. and no i didn't just get home um <laughs> so um all right so here it is um 3:49 a.m. and the message that i had prepared was really it was just going to be reading of someone else's probably, even though, you know, I was meant to be myself. Um, so God kind of said to me this morning, he's like, you know what, Alex, don't make it complicated. First of all, some of the people here don't know you or they don't know your story. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my story and how I ended up here and how I ended up becoming Christian. And um, and then God told me to write a list. And I, I, like, I run my own business as well as... Um, as well as dancing and it's a dancing business and everything I do I write a list and then I tick the list off and that's how I do things you know and so it was you know it was great that God said that because it made me feel a little bit um comfortable and then at the end we'll talk we'll take communion um I'm definitely not an expert on communion if anyone is can you just explain it in like simply to me so I'm no yeah good (laughs) um but I think that Oh, and the other thing about communion is I never know which one to take first and in what order and when to do it. Like, I'm always sort of shark-eyeing someone, like, go. and then, oh. So today when we do it, we're going to do it all at the same time and I'll tell us when to do it, okay? So it's going to be, like, perfect and it's well-rehearsed. This is the only choreography that I'll teach you today, okay? We're all going to take it at the same time. Um, okay, so 3.49 in the morning. <sighs> okay. My first memory of communion, by the way, was when I was, I think I was six years old or five and I was my, I'm was i from Brisbane and my mum is Irish Catholic and we went to a, a mass, uh, a Catholic mass and I went there and you, you line up, it's very different, you line up and you kind of, you get the wafer or whatever and I remember I got it, <laughs> I got the wafer and, and, and you drink from the cup. And I got the wafer and, I, and the priest said to me, have you had your first communion? And I said, what's that? <laughs> and then my mom pushed me and she goes, he has. And I we went back to the bank. I said, what do I do with it? And She's like, you eat it. Um, so that's my first memory of communion. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about, a bit about myself. So I grew up in Brisbane and um, I have an older brother, younger sister. Uh, I moved to Melbourne when I was 18 years old and to come and dance full-time and work um, as a dancer because there was a bit more opportunity. Um, and there was probably a little bit of running away from my parents and trying to be myself and, you know, finding myself. Um, so I moved to Melbourne when I was 18. I was in a relationship when I was about 19, you know, and um, then moved in with my partner soon after that. And I wasn't a Christian. Um, and we lived together for about two or three months and his parents were Christians. So his parents were, um, were you know, born-again Christians. So they were um, very charismatic. And I always knew where they sort of stood on the issue of us, you know, as they like to say, the issue of us. But but I kind of, I think it was mostly fueled by my partner telling me that there was an issue about it. So what they actually did was, um, I remember the first time I met them, it wasn't like I just accidentally met them. They invited us over for a meal. So they invited us over for Sunday lunch. So we went to Sunday lunch and it was amazing. We sat down at this table and there were Maltese, so there was like food everywhere and, and lots of sweets and stuff like that. And and I was, you know, I was had this fear that they were going to bark at me and tell me what I need to do and, you know, need to become a Christian. And we actually just sat down and had a meal. And it was amazing. And then it kind of became this regular thing. So we, we were sort of, it's, it used to be kind of once a month and then it turned into once a fortnight. And then it was sort of after a while I was like, I want to go every week. I love going to this. I love going to have lunch, uh, lunch with your parents because it was, first of all, I love food. You know, the weight of my heart is food. Um, so I, I went every week. And I guess they just, I, I, we, I always sort of knew where they stood on it. But they never, they just treated me like their son. And they just loved me. And they treated me like, I don't know. I, I, I guess my, my image of what a Christian was was very different to what they were. Because my image of what, you know, the Christians that I knew, or that I had thought of, was wasn't this friendly, embracing people who just take you in and, and feed you and, and love you and talk to you like you're a person and not an object, you know. So it was just, just this amazing feeling of being loved and being accepted, and um, which was great. Which and um, his parents, anyway. The long story short, this was the list that God asked me to write. He said. This morning, he said, "I want you to write a list of how you felt, like what what you felt and why you kept going back to lunch every Sunday." And this is actually the, the list I wrote before I looked at any scriptures or anything like that. Um, the first thing that I wrote down was intimacy, and not intimacy in the in the physical way, but it was more that we built this relationship over time while I was there that we kind of. I, I trusted them and I loved them and they trusted, like they loved me and I felt like a part of the family and I, I felt really accepted and I just felt it was, it was an intimate kind of relationship sort of like they were my parents and I was their son or that was the type of so the first thing I wrote down was intimacy acceptance was the second thing love I definitely felt love um I also, like, I mean, we also, after a while, we used to bicker and we would wrestle a little bit, you know, with, with, with topics and subjects, um, and, you know, and they'll, you know, occasionally they'd discipline me on that, <laughs> um, generally not about, you know, God, but, um, and, and, and the food, so I was, I was always full at the end of the day, so I'd come out of there full, happy, happy chappy, ready to dance, so, um, The way I became a Christian was uh, they, I didn't go to a church and, you know, hear an amazing song and there was a light flashing at me and I got knocked over and that was it. Um, It was really, they made it okay for me to ask, inquire and seek God. So it wasn't about telling me what I'd done wrong and that I needed to change. It was about you can get to know God the same way as you've gotten to know us. And that was, I remember that the first time I prayed was right after a conversation saying, you know, I said, oh, can you pray for me? And I said, yeah, of course we can. And then they also said, you know, you can pray for yourself as well and you can pray for other people. And and so I did. Um, And... Pretty much after praying for a few months, God really just changed things without noticing. I think God's quite sneaky, um, so <laughs> he kind of got in like that. He got in through that way, and then sort of started you know, almost like a virus, I think. Like, you know, like you'd start just here and then he kind of spreads across you and then everything, you know, and you kind of look back a couple of months down the track and everything's changed, but I didn't expect it to and I didn't exactly invite him in. I just sort of prayed to him. And then I liked the praying thing, so I constantly prayed and it was great. And, and sort of conflict would arise between my partner and I and because of this issue, because, you know, um, and then eventually it sort of happened that I, I did give my life to Jesus and things started to change. And it wasn't that, you know, we broke up and then I became a Christian or anything like that. I became a Christian, started seeking God, and then everything changed. So I didn't, you know, I was out of that relationship and moved on to, you know, I didn't hit a church until, you know, I think two months or three months after becoming a Christian. I became a Christian in someone's living room over a meal. That's a good, that's a good trick. Um, <laughs> so... Anyway, so that's how I became a Christian. And, you know, he was, they were very supportive still, even after the breakup and all that kind of stuff. There's my partner's parents. They were fantastic, though. Um, okay, so intimacy, acceptance, love, um, discipline, or bickering and wrestling, and getting fed and filled full. That was the list that I wrote. Um, so I'm not going to try and break down my understanding of what the bread is and what the wine is, but I've sort of give you the idea of what communion means to me. Like... Um, and I guess when I do it at church, when I take communion at church, I sit down and I always feel like I'm sitting. I, my idea of it is that I'm sitting at a table with a family and Jesus. And that's my kind of, like, that's how I, I feel. And, and, and I think about those. There's something that I always feel warm about when I take communion, and I didn't really realize it until I sat down and wrote my list, but the same feelings and the same kind of idea that I get from when I used to sit down for that meal with that family is what I get when I take communion because I get all of that stuff and communion is like sitting down with a meal with Jesus and he invites me to be intimate with him and he invites me to be accepted and he invites me to be loved and he invites me to fill me up. So that's what kind of communion means to me. Um, John six thirty five. Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes shall never become thirsty." So, I was I read this scripture and I was kind of like, um, "Okay, so he's the bread of life. What does bread mean? What is it? What he's really saying?" Um, and you know, Google helped me a lot with this. Um, but basically, when he's talking about the bread, I, I just feel like he's talking about it's not actually the food or it's not, I know he's, when we symbolize it as his body, but what does his body represent? Like, and I just feel like it, it's, it's his words, it's, it's his example. His bread is, his, is the way he lived his life and that example for us. And, you know, if we come to him and eat his bread, then we'll never be hungry. So if we, we, we take what he gives us, his bread, then we'll never be hungry. And so that kind of resolved the hunger issue for me. And then, um, then it said, whoever believes shall never become thirsty. So what's the difference between coming to him and believing in him? And are they two separate things or are they the same thing? And then I had a bit of conflict and by this time it was 4.50 4. or something like that and I was really tired. But that was when I was like, okay, God, you need to sort something out because I am confused. So I come to you. And I have to believe. And then I was like, what is, you know, I think belief, we hear it a lot in church or in church as a community. Um, and belief, I, I, I looked up another translation. This is the Aramaic translation. It says, instead of belief, it says, trusts in me. And that sort of spoke to me a little bit more because I'm like, I, I think we use belief quite loosely, or, or, you know, kind of in the world, we use belief for everything, you know, and everyone believes in God, Um, or not everyone, but most people who you would, you'd ask you say, oh, yeah, I believe in God, you know, I don't believe in Jesus, or, you know, I don't understand that, but they believe, and for me, it was like, this translation says, trust in me, which sort of gives other meaning, like, that actually means more to me, for me to trust someone, means not only do I believe them, but I'm convinced by what they're saying. So anyway, so I broke it down, and this is my version of that scripture. So if you eat the bread that is Jesus, which is his words, his example, everything that he puts on the table, whoever comes to him and eats at the table actually goes there and seeks him. So it was that seeking. you are got to go seek there. He'll give you the answers, and you won't be hungry. So I I saw it as truth. Like when I come and eat the bread, I am getting filled with truth. And I think that was, you know, we always say this word like I seek the truth or or even better, I hunger for the truth. And I don't know if that's just a Christian thing, but I, I kind of even before I was a Christian, I'm pretty sure that I hunger for the truth. We kind of relate truth to being hungry for it. Does that sort of make sense? Um, so that you know, the bread it was always a kind of an easy one, but and then and then another kind of scripture popped up at me. Um, and, and actually, I've never I, this is probably the first time a scripture has popped up at me. Because um, <laughs> I hear it being said, I go, "What does that mean?" And what we just flicking through and guessed, and it made sense, but this one popped up at me. And it's and it's for every uh, you know it's Matthew seven eight, so for everyone who asks received, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. So, it I think the the, the key word there was everyone, so for everyone who asks receive. But then, to tie it in kind of with the whole um, what Jesus is saying about the bread and the and the thirst, is that. I think everyone's hungry for the truth, and I think that if we seek Jesus, anyone who seeks Jesus will find him, and will find the truth. But then there's this other element, which is once we get the truth, what do we do with it, and whether we believe it, and whether it actually translates into our body. And I guess, you know, he invites everyone to the table. To his table to share a meal with him. And he asks that everyone can know the truth if they seek him. He says that, he promises. If everyone if you come to me, I will tell you the truth. But it doesn't mean we have to believe it. Um, So I guess to receive like a spirit and to quench our thirst with food, we have to trust or believe in what is put on the table. So I think of it like this. We we get the truth do we take it, do we drink it, do we, do we trust it and do we believe in it? And that's, I guess, you know, when you're having a meal with Jesus, he's giving you intimacy, acceptance, love, dis- discipline, and you feel full, but are you, are you drinking the wine as well? Are you, are you believing it? Are you actually understanding it? So for me, the bread um, is really is, is the truth, is hearing the truth. And drinking the wine is believing it and receiving the, the Spirit. And I guess we receive the Spirit by His grace only. Because, I mean, because of His sacrifice and that's it's grace. So this is kind of what I've come to in, probably by now 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, the bread for me, I guess, represents the truth. And the wine for me represents grace and I can come and eat the truth and then it's by grace I'm saved and that's why I take the wine. So, this is a fun bit. Let's eat together. All at the same time. (laughs) You all ready? Cool. No one snuck it in. It's okay if you have. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to do a little prayer, so let's eat. Father God, we accept your truth and thank you for your example. Your life and your body that was broken for us. Okay. Let's drink. Father God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for shedding your blood as an earthly sign of your sacrifice for us. Your grace stands us, me. May your truth speak to us and may the Spirit make it real so we can trust you. Amen.